0: It's always an invitation, uh, but it's an invitation, something like going swimming in a very cold lake. So you approach it in a similar fashion. You put your toe in, you change your mind. Maybe I won't do that. You put your foot in. Really, do I want to do that come back? And then finally, you just run screaming. You plunge in, and unless you plunge in, You're never going to begin.
1: It's hard says to Sounds like kind of weird, maybe, but I just really like like I'm really like I'm super patient and I'm just naturally like really good one-on-one with anyone. I'm trying to like, explain something to like I'll give you an example like my girlfriend's grandmother like had her iPad in a box for like three years and like no one wanted to teach her. So I like went over there and just like for a couple hours just explained everything like how it works, answered all the questions, and. Basically, kind of like, because I'm really enthusiastic about technology, because it's like, I worked in tech for a while, and then like, just to like, share my enthusiasm with her on terms that she understood, and by the end of it, she was like, dictating stuff, because her her typing's not so good, she was on YouTube, Wikipedia, and of course, Facebook, and now she's the one in the family that's just like, always posting on Facebook, and that's something I'm proud of, (laughs) I see that, I see that, and I'm like, yo, like, I I created this, and like, I really like doing that, man, I don't know, do any of you guys like, uh, are like that or like, you know, people like that, like, like to teach or, because a lot of people are not like that.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I just recently became a mentor and I felt like a lot of that was me just trying to figure out how best ways to give back some of my time, you know, because at the end of the day, that's exactly what makes us feel good when we do give back and figure out how best we can impact and also just be a positive influence in someone's life, whether that's like tutoring them, whether that's, being a confidant to someone or even like you were saying before teaching them new elements of tech like i feel like bottom line that's exactly what it's about
0: for sure and that's why like sometimes it frustrates me but i feel like i see like a lot of like generational gaps where people like different generations are going at each other and it's like i totally understand uh frustrations between different generations as far as like mentalities being different but a lot of times it is like if that older generation and like now we're starting to become the older generation for younger folks like if we have learned certain lessons along the way that um okay boomer difficult for us to learn (laughs) oh straight up no but yeah exactly it's like if we you know have learned these lessons i don't know why sometimes it feels like we need to tuck them close to our chest or even like oh you have to go through like these bad experiences to learn these lessons like not not always like maybe you could have like told me about your bad experiences I would have been like damn I really don't want to do that so <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. then I can learn vicariously like through someone else uh, even if it's not maybe the same like level of depth as far as like receiving the lesson at least like you have more to work with you know
1: yeah like entirely. that makes that reminds me we were talking about like the different, different generations kind of hating on each <laughs> other right like we give the older generations a lot of shit for like basically like being more racist and like homophobic and like a lot of other like of those words you want to throw in there like basically not being as woke as us but like I just wonder like what like the next generation is going to look at with us and be like you guys are so stupid like that happens to every generation I don't think we've reached the pinnacle of like human society like in our generation you know what I mean even though a lot of the times like because we're more advanced in certain maybe socio-political issues than like other people we might think that like we've got it all together but like I just know that the younger generations are going to come for us and i'm just curious what you guys if you guys agree and also if you if you have a sense of what that thing might be that they look at us and they're like you guys are like kind of behind the times on this
2: i actually have a idea that just came to mind i think they may say that we were the generation that just spoke about it or just did a lot of things for a show and really weren't the ones actually out with our feet to the ground granted like there are definitely members within our generation that are actually on the front lines but i feel like a lot of it is also just social media activism and it's just like reposting and sharing when it's not actually making that direct impact meanwhile you have a lot Mm. of these younger students in this younger generations like they're walking out of school in order to protest um within the realms of like climate change you know so i think they realize their privilege and the power that they have and that strength in numbers are the things that are gonna allow society to move forward
0: For sure. Yeah, I I totally agree with it. That was a great answer. And I also feel like part of it is like, for the younger generations, a lot of times these things like come second nature, where it's like, they just like react to a situation. It's like, obviously, that was wrong. Like, why would you do that in that situation? Where it's like, we still, I think, are that like buffer between maybe an older way of thinking and maybe a new way of thinking as far as reacting like if you if want to call it wokeness it's like we're, we're like kind of we're like woke but i also feel like a lot of times like our generation is overcompensating and like thinking about things to the highest degree mm. as opposed to just like naturally being like yeah like everyone is equal like uh the rich should not have every single like have control over every single thing in politics like things like that where it's like we are really dressing up a lot of the problems sometimes and like it's dope that the way that we talk about them and like the way that we're pushing for change. But I also feel like sometimes it's like not even just directly being like I don't know addressing the problems straight on. I think there is a little bit of putting a show on it, like Eric was saying.
2: Yeah, because a lot of it too, I feel like it's just the difference between being reactive and proactive with this younger generation because they have access to more information and they have access to just the way different communities. And just different individuals think because of the smartphone in their hand, they're able to connect a lot more of those dots way quicker than we were able to at the time.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And Eric, I love that example you gave of like the young people who left to do like climate work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that always stands out to me. And even like Greta Thunberg or whatever, like that young girl who like yep. crossed the Atlantic and stuff. Like that's that's not our generation. You know what I mean? Like at that's all. the next generation. Like and they and they're so. How do, how do i say it it's almost like they woke up to this world and they're like what have you guys been doing like you know and we and we were there when all this happened but sort of like azim was saying like we're, we're kind of in the middle i don't know it's, it's a really interesting place to be in because i think if any generation saves us it is going to be the next one because uh, they're the ones that are actually going to have to live through a lot of the stuff that maybe we won't and i think i don't know <laughs> those are people that are going to look to us and be like you know y- y'all should have been out here with us you know
2: entirely but then i feel like where we come into play or playing this middle ground and now I just start thinking about j cole middle child that whole song mm-hmm. i don't even know why that just came up in my mind but i feel like in order <laughs> to continuously help build these bridges we need to just make sure we're keeping the conversation going you know and making sure that there, there's there's this element of just like ageism that exists in society and technology i mean you see it every day in the working world or even with like some of the younger kids like there's times in which I'm on the train, and I'm just like, wow, teenagers legit have no respect for anyone in this cart right now. And I think a lot of that comes to them being possibly, like, influenced poorly through technology and the internet. So I feel like it's a, it's a catch-22.
0: I really like what you said about reactive versus proactive. And I feel like there's a sense of that, too, as far culturally, as far as, like, we kind of have the responsibility of, like, making sure that, you know, in the process of maybe redefining what society is we're not just throwing out things because they're you know quote-unquote old or because they're like not because they're just like things that are already there like i'm not i feel like there's a lot of things where it is like this like we just kind of dismiss the older generation because of like the cultural context that like the negative things of the cultural context where some of the good things actually happen we just kind of like throw away like maybe like some you know inventor who passed away like decades ago who then it's like or like i saw something about dr seuss and it's like fuck dr seuss because apparently he did this 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 in real life and it's like and i totally understand that but i do think that you know we kind of are left with this responsibility being a bit of the bridge between like the pre-internet and post-internet world of being like let's not just like throw away everything let's also like try to parse through and like, accept that like, some of the things in the old world like happened in a negative cultural context, but still like, hold value and like hold some sort of positivity that we can bring into today's world.
2: But then, too, the, the older generation definitely has to realize that, like, hey, we are also, as the older generation, leaving this world and leaving a world to these individuals who have to be here a lot longer than us. So let's give them the keys, and let's see how they drive the ship. I think that's not happening enough.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with 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 that. It's just like I don't know, coming with like a like a fresh perspective. I don't know, like how do I say this? Like being like, okay, this is what I mean. Okay, so sometimes like we'll give people the benefit of the doubt and say like, oh, like he or she's from an older generation. He could he like you know could have known better, right? Like when saying this or like he he or he didn't know any better, right? So like he or she like let's say they say something that's what likes like you know what you were talking about with like the Doctor Zeus thing, right? Like like let's say like he, that dr seuss person you know like the writer like did something bad and then it's like a week we can like sort of allow it or say like you know it, within that context it made sense but like now we wouldn't do it that way in that same way i think when people have like these like new ideas or like let's say they're like gender non-conforming or like let's say they have these ideas about like climate change and stuff and if the older generation is like you know saying like wait like you guys like shouldn't say stuff like this or like whatever, we should also say, like, well, this is the new way of doing things, too. You know what I yep. mean? Like, we g- we give you guys a pass for, like, not knowing certain things, but you should give us a pass to, like, try these new things and actually try to do things differently. It goes both ways, right? It's not just, like, yep. does that make sense? I don't know if I'm, if I'm being clear, but... Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah,
2: you're right on target.
1: Yeah.
0: I, think, I mean, again, I think, like, that's, like, kind of, like, the responsibility or, like, the opportunity that our generation has that hopefully we can be in the middle of, being the gap that between the uh, or filling the gap between, because I also feel the internet is a huge, such a huge part of it. It's like we're the generation that was there when that really hit, whereas like new generations mm. are there with it being you know a natural part of their lives, and older generations are there like they saw it, but you know, a lot of times maybe they didn't really understand the full implications or like, I mean, like the older generation loves themselves some candy crush. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how, <laughs> how they're approaching it. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> but it's like, we kind of understand both sides of it. I feel like better than, not better than, but just kind of, we have, more, you know, a different sort of vantage point that maybe can help bridge that gap between those, those two frames of mind. which a lot of times I feel like influence a lot of other um, perspectives that people start to have about you know,
2: other people or about social issues. Mm. No, straight up. Wait, let's, let's do some introductions real quick, because I know we're about to get deeper into this rabbit hole. Welcome back, free folk. It's you, Free, communal podcast. As always, it's E. Uh, Zim's on the line, and who are we speaking with today?
1: You got Aaron on the line. I do a lot of different stuff in New York. Probably will keep doing that, and I'm um, excited <laughs> to be here like, with you guys.
2: I like that. I do a lot of stuff in New York can you mention like what is some of the stuff is or is it under wraps
1: um i can just talk about so like i graduated from west uh like four. that's wesleyan for the people who don't know uh, <laughs> uh for yeah, Westland, uh,
2: yo, again, again.
1: <laughs> yeah like five five years ago and i've been doing a lot of different things so like i work for a few startups um i worked for gary v who's like uh if you don't know who he is, he's like a his full name is Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like this internet man. You can probably see him on Instagram sometimes. What else did I do? I, I did marketing for WeWork and like that whole thing kind of exploded. Um, so that was fun. And I'm teaching on the weekends. Oh, I also worked um, working a little bit with this company that called Mischief, and they put out these like things called the Jesus shoes recently. Like I do like stuff all all over, and the Jesus shoes were just like a. Like, uh, or basically, like, a Nike shoe where they filled, like, the, the air bubble with holy water and did some other stuff and uh, called it a collab. And then, yeah, and then later, like, a couple of weeks after I helped make those shoes, Drake was wearing them in his Instagram story. So all that to say, like, I've done a lot of random random stuff in New York. and Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's a lot of impact on culture. That's what's up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's
0: dope, man. It's been fun. <clears throat> when you graduated, did you kind of know that you wanted to do a lot of, like, bounce around and do a lot of different random projects or uh were you just like sort of started out one project and that led to the next one and, and kind of ended up
1: where you are now uh that's a really good question you know like mm-hmm. when I graduated from Wesleyan like uh me and my girlfriend broke up and I was just like like right before senior week senior week is the last week of school Damn. and then I was just like really sad so I just like moved I like subletted with like some older Wesleyan alums in Williamsburg and basically, like, did a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> uh, and I just kind of, like, ended up, I met this guy at a party, and, like, he was just, like, he started this taxi ride-sharing startup. And I worked there for a year. And, like, I think that's what I like to tell people, like, when, they, when you graduate and you're not really sure what to do, just, like, take whatever job you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be the thing you do for the rest of your life because uh, a lot of people think that, like, there's a lot of pressure on that first job. And because, like, I got that advice, like, before I graduated, and I just, like, knew that, like, like, whatever I do, like, I'll be able to grow from it. And, like, from there, after that first job, I was like, okay, like, you know, they put me in a marketing role, but I don't know anything about marketing. So I took a, you know, a class on, like, digital marketing. And then from there, I ended up, I was at a couple of startups, like, on along the way, but then I really kind of hit the jackpot, I guess, with, like, the Gary connection, like, I just like saw a job opening there and, and I also knew someone who worked there. Um, so I ended up basically like buying ads on Google for like various clients. and they threw me really into the mix. like I was like talking on client calls with uh, and, and stuff like after a couple months. and so I mean just like the trajectory, like you know I studied French and the College of Letters. like I didn't really study marketing. That's not an option in, in our school. But that didn't even matter like beyond the first job. Because that's another thing I didn't really know. It's like I expected people to ask me like, "Oh, like, what'd you learn in school and stuff?" And they only care from that for like the first job, I think, for liberal arts people. The first
2: job, and that's really it. <laughs> it's wild. Too and that's really I, it, right? Reflect, yeah, even if you reflect and think about your coworkers and all their different backgrounds <clears throat> and where they're coming from, you realize that I guess having XYZ college on it or doing really well in school. All of that is just really for your own personal benefit. It it only helps to a certain degree. You know, it can only take you so far at times. I feel like a lot of it is also that grit and perseverance that that individual has.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, And I would also say, like, one thing that I didn't sort of realize. Also, I'm from Toronto originally, so I didn't know anything about, like, American schools and and culture or anything. Like, I I was like, yeah, like, I really leaned also to my Canadian identity when I was on campus. But, um... Mm -hmm. What I realized is, like, it's the network, too, that you get, right? So, like, if yep. you, you can hit up any alumni from, from school and, like, be like, oh, like, can we get coffee? I'm interested in working at your company. And I would say eight out of ten times, that's worked for me. Like, that's how I got into the Gary thing. And, like, a lot of the places, you know, even the, the teaching thing I'm doing now, like, it's because of a Wesleyan person. And I didn't really know about, the, like, that aspect of school. Because I just thought, like, if you do well in school, like, then you're, you're sort of set. But it's like you're part of this community now for better or for worse and it's like that. that's yeah. actually for better I would say uh, but yeah <laughs> like that's, that really helps out and especially in the long run I think
0: I know that's definitely true and it speaks to the community too that like those folks are always willing to, or you know eight times out of ten those folks are willing to have a conversation with you that's super dope um, wait that's interesting too I didn't know, realize you were from Toronto now the Drake shout out I feel a little differently about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean <laughs> that's really funny that you say that uh, dude, the Drake. Uh, we, we. Are we gonna talk about Drake? We, we. We. don't have to. I mean, I was gonna say like, it's just weird. So the Drake thing with me is like because I saw I grew up at the same time that Drake grew up. Yeah. I remember seeing him. I saw Lil Wayne. He's not that much older than me. Like I saw Lil Wayne in concert uh, in high school, and and Lil Wayne comes out and like he. And this is a time where like he's playing like the song like Fireman and like all these like hits like around the Carter three times. Fucking go. Yep. Yeah. It was amazing, and he came out with, like, literally, like, a, like a blowtorch-type thing in the stadium, and then he's like, yo, I'm going to bring out an artist right now, like, uh, you guys, like, definitely know him, like, his name is Drake, and, like, he comes out, and like, I was like, who is this guy? Like, I, it was the first time I've ever seen, like, this guy on stage. He played, like, best I ever had. He looked really skinny. He was wearing, like, he didn't look like a football player like he looks today, okay? Like, he looked like, you know, now he looks like he could take you out you know or just like I don't know then like he looked just like a a skinny kid and I don't know and then to see him grow from that moment to like now or like you know he did this concert um, series called OVO Fest every year when he was coming up and that was really interesting so OVO Fest like the whole marketing strategy around that was like we're gonna bring rappers to Toronto because like they always skip Toronto so it was like hosted by drake and like he brought out so the first year he brought out like jay-z and like i think eminem came the next year stevie wonder came and like and drake was by far not the biggest artist but like by like the the seventh like like, maybe i would say the sixth seventh obo fest like drake was the biggest artist on stage and he almost didn't need any of the cosigns anymore and the proof of that is like he outgrew so it was at a smallish venue like this like festival it's a one-day thing and now like it's like like a much bigger venue, like, the stadium in Toronto where the rappers play. And, like, it's, like, it's just part of his tour. And it's not even, like... And for the city, it's, like, it's very weird. And, like, for me, it's weird, too. Because, like, I've been to that event three times. And now, like, it's just, like, another concert. So, it's, like, he's... I don't know. To see that progression also, like, as someone who, like... I didn't think Toronto was very cool growing up. I just thought it was, like, a Canadian city. And now it's just, like, everyone... Like, the com- that talks to me is just like, oh, it's the six. Like-
2: <laughs> yeah, how, how is that? How is living in a place where um, someone has had that global impact that essentially puts your city or continuously keeps it within the spotlight? Because, like, being from Brooklyn, for example, like, they just built the Barclays, and that's not too far. And I can see the impact that it's had on this small neighborhood. You know what I mean? I can see the impact that it's had on this borough in general, even with the conversations. Um, or new businesses that are being established. but And
0: Drake is basically a walking Barclays Center.
2: <laughs> I, mean, exactly. really? uh,
1: I don't think the impact can be understa- like overstated, like how, how much it's made a difference. Um, he's made a difference in the city. I can give you like a couple, like so many examples, right? Like the whole, the partnership with the Raptors, right? Like that like it paid off hugely, like when the, they won, obviously, but it was like a run up. Like he was like, an ambassador for a long time. He was on the sidelines like during the playoffs. I don't know if you guys remember this. Like uh, during last year's like playoffs, he would like he gave the coach a hug, like he was like heckling people. Yeah, they got mad at him. <laughs> Like just like imagine if like if like I don't know like Jay-Z was like courtside every game yelling at the players. And then like during the actual games in the city, like he had his own sort of podium and like stage outside of the arena. And he was sitting like in, on a couch, like, and everyone can like watch the game like outside the, the stadium, and they're also like looking at him, and he's like cheering. Um, he got the key to the city, like, and then he made songs about the games. Like, it's just yeah. like it's hard to describe, man. But it, it worked as a recruiting tactic as well, uh, because a lot of the players like they get to hang out with Drake, and like they know that. You know, I just saw recently like a bunch of the new the new rookies got a trip to the OVO store in Toronto and yeah, so there's an OVO store. Like he just sells his own merch and like I've been there too. And I was one of those people like who like went when it first opened and I saw 40 like outside the store and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, and then like I walked around and then I saw 40 again, like near the gas station filling up his Range Rover. And I was just like, like this is, this is real life, but like it's also not like, Drake has this line like I do my own propaganda. I feel like Jules Jules Santana like hanging out the Phantom. Anyway, you know the line, yep. and like I don't he's just like he he does it right. Like he's managed to overcome every single thing that 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 hit him. You know, from like having a kid and not telling the world about it to like the blackface thing um, mm-hmm. to like I don't know the stuff with Rihanna. Like he just always finds oh, and like being booed off stage at like the Tyler show, like the Odd Future thing. And he, what did he do? Like he put out an Instagram post, his propaganda, and it totally changed the narrative around, around what happened. That could have been a career ending moment for him, I think. So I think like, I don't know. We could, I could talk about Drake all day.
0: No, yeah. I mean, Drake is fantastic (laughs) at writing a narrative. Like he's like, that's like one of the things I respect about Drake the most and another thing too is like as far as like the Toronto stuff go because I know some of my cousins were out in Toronto they went out there for college and I lived out there for a few years afterwards and they were saying like that Drake as far as they were able to see was really really like giving like younger artists a chance and stuff like that. And I mean, I know it kind goes both ways cause I've definitely heard stuff about like the OVO hit factory and how like it's just like sucking up talent. But it sounds like from people who are like, and I feel like this happens a lot with celebrities where it's like from afar, you always are like, oh no, that person's like taking advantage or ex- exploiting, et cetera. But then like the people mm. who are actually involved or like start to get closer up but like now like they're really like helping out and like changing people's lives.
1: Yeah. There's a really interesting article and in Vice about this, about like Drake's influence musically speaking, um, not musically, but just, like, how he's affected, like, the talent pool in New York. i sorry, in, in Toronto. So it's, like, either, like, you go through, like, the OVO channel to, like, make it big as a Toronto artist or you're kind of, like, stuck, right? Like, because, like, Drake kind of has a monopoly on, like, the Toronto name. And if you say, like, oh, I'm an up-and-coming rapper from Toronto... The first question you ask is like, oh, so did Drake cosign you or anything? Do you have a song with Drake? And like for a lot of people, like mm-hmm. the answer is no. And if the, the answer is no, like how, where does that leave them? Like I have a friend who's a musician. So he says he's from Brampton. But then when he goes on interviews and stuff, he says he's from Toronto. Brampton is like another small town. Another small town. It's, it's a large town, but it's like a suburb. Anyway, but he doesn't have the Drake cosign, but he's also like kind of blowing up. Um, like he's on like a bunch of Spotify playlists and like he was on Beats 1 and... I don't know, like the nice game, time. like posted like a photo of him on his Instagram recently. And like all this stuff is happening for him, but he doesn't have the Drake cosign. So I'm like always thinking about that, like would that help him or not? And it's clear that Drake would have known about him by by now. And I asked him about this and I was like, you know, do you need that? And he's like, dude, I'm trying to make it like without without the Drake connection. That's um, true. Mm-hmm. So that's something like, you know, when imagine if like I don't know like again like Jay-Z was the only rapper to make it big out of New York that would never happen but like let's just say and then like you need his co-side like you don't need anyone's co sign in New York right now I feel like if you're a rapper you can just like put out a hit and like I don't know make a YouTube video and like yeah it's like he's
0: monopolized it. the cultural capital out there
2: and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing especially if you helped get the capital to where it is you know you see the results in it I mean hop on a feature and then boom you're number one and that's I mean, the proof isn't a pudding, but um, what I wanted mm. to say about that was just like, that's interesting the way, your perception, the way you feel now about your own town because of the impact someone else has had on it and what that's done. Because I remember I, I, my friends and I, like years ago, we've always been talking about like going to Montreal, going to Montreal. We've traveled and been there, but now the topic of conversation has also shifted to, hey, like, shouldn't we go check out Toronto? Meanwhile, it was really, whenever we thought about Canada, Montreal was the place to be, you know?
1: yeah. That's really interesting. Okay, so if you guys ever want to go to Toronto, first of all, let me know, and I'll come with you. No, that's right. But also, um, you should go during Caravana weekend. That is the same weekend that OVO Fest is, too. (laughs) So it's a really lit weekend during the summer. It's much better to go during the summer than the winter, I would say. Um, The thing you said, though, is like, do you think you wanted to... I want to respond to something you said. Do you think the name Toronto came up more because of all the times you've heard it in Drake-related stuff? or like the Raptors or like a combination or, or what?
2: For me at first, it definitely came from the Raptors. I used to play NBA street back in the day mm. and Vince Carter, I mean, you started off playing with the two teams, I think it was like Grizzlies and Toronto Raptors. Um, and Vince Carter was just that guy. So that's, that's where it started off and that's where it kicked off. But like I said before, like just the conversation about just like traveling has just changed over time. And I mean, we see it in the media,
0: yeah, no, same thing. And I definitely want to give the Raptors a shout out because, like, I feel like Vince Carter's dunk contest <laughs> was a big moment. At least, like, for me, like, I probably, I mean, I don't know how old I was when that happened, but I probably like that was probably my introduction to Toronto, being like rep. You know, that she was still on this jersey. Yep. Um, Dude, I know, so, I know
1: how old you were. It was the year two thousand, so you're probably yeah, okay, like so seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, that's yeah. What
0: I, was, I was like, is it two thousand or two thousand one? Seven or eight? But yeah, no, that was probably like my first real introduction to Toronto, was just like seeing. It. That shit was crazy, man. But, yeah, I definitely would say that, like, a lot of my Toronto familiarity is comes from... Uh, but then again, like, a lot of my familiarity, to be honest, with a lot of, like, other cities comes from, like, their hip-hop scene. Uh, and Facts. Drake That's definitely true. is, like, a big representative. I mean, I know, like, Cardinal Afichal was from uh, mm. <laughs> Toronto, too. I think, I think I was listening to him for a very, very hot second. Uh, <laughs> so, that, so that was probably a little bit... But, yeah, no, I mean, definitely Toronto seems like... It's it's been on the come up, so I'm sure it was a cool experience. Like, like you said, like before before you're just like it's Toronto, and now it's like people are getting more excited when they're like, oh shit, you're from Toronto.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that just goes to show like how powerful Drake as a brand is, like, and and the power that he can have if he like if he co signs your city or something like that. Because there's you know there's a lot of Canadian artists, but I wonder what you guys think. Like, is it possible? is it possible to be a rapper and not really rep your city that much or like because i feel like drake really like repped his city in a way that maybe some other people don't you know like there's a lot of new york rappers who talk about new york but not in the same way do they like i don't know or do they have maybe he had to i don't know i'm curious what you guys think
3: Bridge over troubled water, ice in my muddy water Rich off a of mixtape, got rich off a of mixtape Probably shouldn't be driving, it just got so much harder Can't even see it straight, I can't even see it straight uh, Fuck with me, i about shots Live a little, cause niggas die a lot, and lie a lot, but I'm the truth, that's right, I fucking said it, delivering proof that you ain't gotta die to get to heaven, you, girl, you right there, you look like you like this shit, how'd I know, how'd I know, that's me on some psychic shit, I could tell a lie if you're asking me my whereabouts, but I might talk that real if you ask me what I care about rapping bitches rapping bitches bitches and rapping rapping and bitches until all of it switches i swear it's been two years since somebody asked me who i was i'm the greatest man i said that before i knew i was that's what's important what really happened before this when me and my crew was all about this rapper from new orleans singing walking like a man finger on the trigger i got money in my pocket i'm a uptown nigga with fame on my mind, my girl on my nerves I was pushing myself to get something that I deserved That was back in the days, accurate days I was a cold dude, I'm getting back to my ways People always ask how I got my nice things Take my crown to the grave, I'm a underground king I bet we can make tonight the greatest story ever told Cause I'm down to spell whatever, lately I've been on the for the city, cause you know the city, love a nigga doing for the city, Cause you know the city, love a nigga doing for the city. Cause you know the city, love a nigga doing for the city. You know the city, nigga, for the city sometimes the city. I need that romance, sometimes I need that pro dance, sometimes I need that stripper that's gon' tell me that she don't dance. Tell me lies, make it sound. Free. From my town wood Leather with that wood grain Persian rugs on wood floors Talking all them good things That's all I'm really good for Memphis, Tennessee, no See I start to go deep back in Ridgecrest with my seat back With your daddy and Emac And these niggas got them diamonds Glowing in their mouth And they rocking furs Like it's snowing in the south And every pretty girl Tell me that's the shit that she like So why am I in class this is who I'm trying to be like, so I drop out Lessons I was taught are quick to fade Soon as I realize it, turning papers, it won't get me paid And if I don't do nothing, i am about I'm counting all day like the clock on the wall Yeah, I need that Making major changes to the life I'm living I had no choice, I had to prove I made the right decision That was back in the days, accurate days